0: Hi, welcome to the film Students Review. Today I am joined by fellow student Amanda. Hi, Hello. Amanda. Thank you for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about the Maisel Brothers uh, 1975 film Grey Gardens. Mm -hmm. So it's a documentary film, really interesting. But before we get talking about the film, let's do a little introduction with you. So who are you? Where are you from? What are the other things you're doing (laughs) in Edinburgh as well?
1: Well, I am a film exhibition curation student. Mm -hmm. Um, I um, come from a documentary filmmaking background Mm -hmm. and um, a lover of documentary films and all kinds of films. And so right now we're doing a lot of stuff. we're doing. We're putting on events, mm-hmm. and one of the big events that we've been doing is this uh, event called Timescapes, mm-hmm. where we explore time uh, through cinema. Mm-hmm. And we just finished a big event at the Assembly Roxy uh, that highlighted the work of Eric Lucy, who was mm-hmm. a filmmaker in um, in the University of Edinburgh's Animal Genetics Department. And this <laughs> week we're doing a time lapse masterclass with mm-hmm. a filmmaker, Waleed Salav, who mm-hmm. has done all these amazing uh, ma- time lapses that are used in Edinburgh Festival, like all of Edinburgh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Uh, so he's going to, I'm going to work with him and do a, a, mm-hmm. a class on that. Oh my gosh, um, this is amazing. <laughs> this Saturday. So just a <laughs> little plug for that. And we're also screening a observational documentary uh, similar to Grey Gardens in the sense that it's, a fly on the wall, literally, mm-hmm. um, of orangutan. Um, it was done in 2010, Nanette. So those are at Summer Hall next week, and we've been really focused on working on that. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, right. the program's been absolutely phenomenal, mm-hmm. and um, I'm originally from. Uh, Florida, but have lived in New York for a while. So, yeah. just come from the states and mm-hmm. loving yeah, it fellow here. Fellow North American. Yeah.
0: And so, you also were telling me that you do a radio show too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So,
1: we just started a radio show with the Edinburgh, the team that worked with the Edinburgh Short Film Festival. Mm-hmm. I helped them do a That's lot of their so filming. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so, it's a mixture of people who work on that, mm-hmm. and um, we interview people similar to you, yeah. but we've interviewed people who are around in the local mm-hmm. film. Uh, World in Edinburgh and uh, also review new films. So yeah. I uh, last week did Lady Bird. It's called Cinetopia. Oh, cool. So mm-hmm. if anyone's listening was interested, check us out too. Yeah, uh, I'll make sure to link and stuff. we'll have to take mm-hmm. you, bring you in and yeah. interview you <laughs> <laughs> as well. <Never> <laughs> great. But, yeah.
0: Um, fantastic. So we're talking about Great Gardens. I um, People should definitely watch it. It's only an hour and 14 minutes yeah i think so yeah it's not that long which is really nice it's really approachable Mm -hmm. do you want to give a little summary of the film well yes
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) um well so these brothers um that albert albert and david mazels um uh, came to uh gray gardens through a film or a, a, a process that they were making a film about uh uh, Jackie Kennedy Onassis and um, her sister Lee Radswell wanted to do more of a film about East Hamptons and and all of that stuff, and um, and they're growing up there. And they also suggested that they shoot some films with their eccentric aunt and. Uh, <laughs> yeah a uh, right like understatement <laughs> yeah so they so that's how the measles found them and then realized that that was the better story mm-hmm. was this yeah. was this story so uh what had happened is these um mother and daughter lived um together for about i think 20 or 30 years in the house yeah, yeah. um and mm-hmm. kind of had lost their income or mm-hmm. were on a very minimal amount of income um and uh it's sort of gotten it got like dilapidated the house, and yeah. they started getting more cats, and raccoons mm-hmm. came in to the point that it got like so ba- <laughs> so bad that the East Hampton, and this is sort of a, like the beginning, the prologue of the film. They mm-hmm. sort of have um, have newspaper articles that show that um, that uh, that the the East Hampton board raided them, and then mm-hmm. Jackie Kennedy Onassis had come in and. And uh, fixed it up a little bit. Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> so the then the Maisel brothers come in and film them for about six weeks, and this is really It's a really classic direct cinema observational um, film where you watch these two women and their dynamic, um, mm-hmm. and and like of what a daily life is for them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So just uh, to give a little bit more kind of insight into the really weird relationship between this mother and daughter so yeah. they're both named Edith Bouvier Beale, Beale as well yeah. the exact same name and the mother um is siblings with uh, or was siblings with Jackie Kennedy Onassis's brother so mm-hmm. Jackie Kennedy is their um pretty immediate relation and I think it was $32,000 what she gave to mm, renovate the house right but it's or renovate clean it up mm-hmm. um just make it livable, semi-livable. And so all this footage that the Maisels do is after, it's already been cleaned, so you and can only imagine. Pretty yeah. bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's definitely, as you mentioned before, a kind of fly-on-the-wall type of cinema. Um, you really, I just, I, I haven't really seen a documentary film like this, mm-hmm. where they just kind of watch people be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you hear them talk to the, um, the two women as well, but it's really just about capturing them kind of living in this house, which yeah. just seems unlivable. Yeah. Well,
1: so I think that the Maisels were part of, um, with their first film, Salesman, or I think the one that, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was their actual first film, but one yeah. that they got a lot of notoriety for, mm-hmm. was very classic Um Direct cinema, so Mm -hmm. observational, letting stuff happen, less interviews, and so they were following that Mm -hmm. lead in a lot of ways. Cinema verite is also happening in France, and so people Mm -hmm. are doing that kind of thing. What I think is interesting about Great Gardens is that um, because of the characters, Mm -hmm. uh, they they didn't almost let the filmmakers not be in there. Mm -hmm. So they always so little little Edie, the younger, the daughter was always talking to the to the filmmakers mm-hmm. and bringing them in and asking yeah. them questions. So they were less able to be almost fly on the yeah. wall as maybe they had planned to be. Yeah. And that's one of the things that makes it such a delightful film to mm-hmm. watch. Um mm-hmm. you, you can you actually sometimes see them engage. And one time I think there's a moment when Big Edie is kind of not wearing enough clothes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, the brothers sort of move their camera to the like to, to not, you know, expose her mm-hmm. and then you see them in the mirror and it's, yeah. it's a really interesting sort of um yeah. you know film in that way I think
0: I know how do you place yourself kind of as a as as a camera person because obviously you're there also it yeah wouldn't be happening but then how much space do you let yourself take up right and everything and I really like how you mentioned how um yeah they probably would have liked it if little Edie hadn't kind of spoken to them as much but that's what makes it so great and even when she kind of gossips with them mm-hmm. yeah. as well at the beginning of the film. Um, but they're just, you know, they're a little unhinged as mm-hmm. well. They're quite... I, I want to talk more about just the particularities of their relationship mm-hmm. as well. I mean, what do you think about the inherent nostalgia that's just like rampant throughout, yeah. throughout the film?
1: Um, I, I think that for me, I, I find it really... The whole thing is nostalgic because it's a, it's a time in New York that I think... As someone who lived in New York, I think that was a time when it was filmed was such a classic time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is when Andy Warhol and, like, this, mm-hmm. you know, in the, like, uh, Studio 54. But they're bringing it back to even a, a older mm-hmm. time, and they were living in that past. And yet, there was there's something really beautiful about them, I think, as both dreamers. Like, yeah. they still believe they can... And they certainly can, but, you know, they still could have been stars in their heads yeah. and they've always wanted to be stars. So they look back to the time when they they were yeah. really, really, um, really something different. Like mm-hmm. it was a different time. And they had
0: a different path. Um, <laughs> yeah, different,
1: but I yeah. do, I, one of the things that I know that Albert oh. Maisel always says and it's really apparent to me is that it's about a relationship it's Mm -hmm. about how you live with somebody and while a lot of people looked at it like this are very centric women who have obviously got into maybe animal hoarding and issues with that stuff that um you maybe see more in reality television 20 years later uh, you really see that these women are very codependent on each other Mm -hmm. and they they love each other and yet they also Sort of fight, yeah, you know,
0: and like, and little Edie blames her mom basically for yeah. everything. Well, it's almost to... a
1: competition sometimes yeah. between them like, who's the better singer, who's the better, yeah. you know, who could have done this or who couldn't. So they, they constantly battle each other, and I think there's something about that there's a domesticity to like yeah. how people live together that yeah. that, that really brings up, and, and it's really, it's actually very interesting to me. And, mm-hmm. and there's parts you can really see that they. They very much love each other, and, you know, it's a love between a mother and a daughter.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, just talking about the space of the film, too, because it's really interesting how the blankness of the house kind of helps you get more into that space of the past, because they don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of heirlooms that they really look to and touch besides photos, but just because they have nothing around, it's just them talking or singing, Mm -hmm. um... It really it's quite it's quite an effect that obviously the directors had no control over. But you almost think that they're able to live in that filth because they're actually not living there. You know, mentally they're they're somewhere yeah. else the entire time.
1: That is an interesting point. I didn't think about it that way. Um, I just uh, I, I i noticed a lot of her paranoia about mm-hmm. like people coming in and mm-hmm. and the you know that their their awareness of of the space that we see. To be very different than what they mm-hmm. say right you now and yeah. then she even brings that up at one point to the the um the directors um the Maisel, she said you don't see me the same way that i see myself yeah,
0: right i yeah. see myself
1: as a girl mm-hmm. and uh and in that space that 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 house she is a girl because that's where yeah. she grew up or yeah. that's where her her mom still treats her that way mm-hmm. and i think if we think about that a lot sometimes when you go back home or at least yeah. how I feel yeah. my parents still treat me like I'm 10 or 12 oh my gosh yes and <laughs> and oddly it's there thankfully my house at home doesn't necessarily look like great gardens yeah. but they do want me to stay sometimes yeah. and I'm like yeah. no 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 yeah. I want to go explore the world so I feel this this like push and pull about yeah. about that and and I think I can see how Nos- like the nostalgia for sort of there's a frame in their head mm-hmm. of memory of what of what it was and and it's yeah. still to them is that even though the things have been moved around or put up in the attic or mm-hmm. there's a very right. very simple life that they lead yeah. you know now they've they had a 28 bedroom or 28 room space and now they're really condensed to five rooms and mm-hmm. I mean you could they could have filmed more around that, yeah. but they really do focus on filming in that very small space. Yeah.
0: It has an incredible sense of claustrophobia considering mm-hmm. it's a mansion. Mm-hmm. It's like by the beach because you have, I've really, I love that line that little Edie describes as like the sea of leaves mm-hmm. that are just surrounding them. And they have, um, that garden that has no sunlight penetrating because it's just completely covered yeah. by leaves. But I really, I really like how you brought up, um, When little Edie says to the camera people, I think it's Albert who is actually holding the camera, and she says, yeah, you see me as a little girl, or I see myself as a little girl, you see me as a woman, Mm -hmm. and that she can't see herself as a woman until she's in New York. Mm -hmm. But then, as well, it's kind of, um, you get that idea that she has an inability to see how people perceive her anyways, because Mm -hmm. you have to to look at the clothes that she's wearing, because (laughs) it's amazing. Like, she she makes skirts out of everything that aren't skirts and um i guess she i think she started losing her hair in her 20s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she started covering her hair which is incredibly appropriate because she has another line where she says the only three things she cares about are um catholicism, swimming, and i think she says dancing. dancing yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's oddly appropriate that she kind of likes to cover her head yeah in that way.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny cuz i i think i've seen since i've become kind of a bit of a Grey Gardens fan (laughs) and I've seen so much stuff about it so I had to go back and watch it last night Mm -hmm. again to be like what's Mm -hmm. actually in the (laughs) film because there was outtakes that they turned into another DVD Mm -hmm. or I mean another film and then (laughs) there's the HBO film and there's a Broadway (laughs) play. That one Tony, so there's all this stuff that, but it all really revolves around the film. Like there's like the same, those lines that we're Mm -hmm. kind of pulling out or things that Mm -hmm. like were put back into these other, other pieces of stuff. So it's been a really, really long time and quite a lot of love for, for yes. her and um, her eccentric style and yeah. I think she's kind of become this icon yeah. in this way that yeah. with this style I know that a lot of um, fashion designers have mm-hmm. done even like um, inspiration on her stuff or whatever
0: but immediately after the film she became quite popular as references for drag artists mm-hmm. and she does go back to New York City after her mom dies and two years later so 1977 mm-hmm. um, and kind of fails and then I think she goes to Florida and then somewhere else Montreal at some point to practice for... her French. I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah, which she mentions in the film. But I think she's only in Montreal for a short time in the mm-hmm. '90s, and then she dies in 2002. Little Edie. So, um, yeah, there's just there's there's this whole idea of like someone that you just can't really access, but people still mm-hmm. try to as well. And I think I think that's um, I mean they get all this notoriety because they're related to Jackie Kennedy Onassis as mm-hmm. well. Um, I just. Yeah, and they're always performing for the camera, too. I mean, there's that famous sequence when Edie, Little Edie dances. She does that weird, like, patriotic dance. Yeah, military march or something, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's just really bizarre, for sure. So you have um, studied documentary film. You have made documentary film Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. well. What, What particularly stands out for you with this kind of style?
1: Um... Well, I I think that there is something really interesting about uh, well I, I think I've 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 noticed a lot of observational films and like Frederick Weissman stuff and again I think what you just brought up is something that I really love about this particular film and it's the characters mm-hmm. and I think the characters become somewhat of stars and they mm-hmm. become very almost authors within mm-hmm. this film because they're directing it as much mm-hmm. as the brothers are and um that's what a film like this allows mm-hmm. to, to happen like mm-hmm. it could go anywhere but yeah. i think i certainly am the other work the mazels have done i've seen you know not all of it but enough of mm-hmm. it to know that it's it's really good and really interesting mm-hmm. and uh but i think what stands out about this one is is there's not they're just like such interesting people yeah and there are such interesting people that were stuck in a kind of um place that back then we you know we we wouldn't allow them to do what maybe mm-hmm. they could have had the opportunity opportunity to do now yeah you know perhaps if, if gray gardens had been made now it would be like Keeping up with the Kardashians, like you yeah. would have like mm-hmm. the Beals every season, you know, and yeah. I, you know, they would have their own Instagram account or yeah. something, and they would get money, and yeah. they, it would be a totally different <laughs> own world. Fashion line of yeah. like exactly <laughs>
0: shirts and skirts that they would have had
1: the opportunity to do that, that they were really ahead of their time, and in mm-hmm. a lot of ways they were way ahead of their time way back then yeah. that they weren't able to kind of be as free and liberated mm-hmm. as they wanted to be. And mm-hmm. I think there, there's also something just really, um, and I think that's why there's a huge cult following, especially with the gay community, mm-hmm. is that I think there's this, um, they were very, very not willing to, they were outsiders and they were yeah. not willing to like do it exactly the way everybody yeah. wanted them to. And yeah. they, they felt very, in a lot of ways, very happy with the life that they had, mm-hmm. and I think there's something—I I don't know—I get em- sometimes yeah. emotional when I watch it, just because I think they're such delightful women, yeah. you know, and yet it's it's also very sad, yeah, because of the mm-hmm. conditions that they're living in, mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, and and you can tell there's a, a sadness and remorse of what didn't happen mm-hmm. in their lives and something, so yeah, that um, they hold on to it just a little bit too tightly, yeah. at
0: times too.
1: And I also think as a documentary filmmaker, you kind of have always heard about Grey Garden. Mm-hmm. So even before I watched the film, I think I knew of this grand, mm-hmm. wonderful film. So yeah. I think I was quite delighted when I finally saw it yeah. that it was so, so good. powerful and <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it is, it is like, a, maybe it is an acquired taste in the sense that you are watching people mm-hmm. kind of bicker and fight and talk about yeah. banal issues. Yeah. Domestic issues for a long time mm-hmm. that some people <laughs> might be like, ah, I mm-hmm. don't think I want to sit through that, you know. Or yeah, you but know.
0: I, I think it is worth it, and I think it's, I, I feel like it's something that really needs repeat viewing, mm-hmm. and especially because of their accents, you have to acclimate yourself to yeah, these yeah. very strange American accents for a while. That's true. I, I couldn't understand half of what they were yeah. saying.
1: I also think it's interesting because I know there's been. I it over time. I've warmed up to it more. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw it, I think I was a little more uh, focused on what you know. How how come they didn't get money out of this? Mm-hmm. How come their lives didn't you know yeah. improve? Mm-hmm. How come the Maisels didn't give them money or things mm-hmm. like that? And what is the role of the what is the role of the documentary filmmaker yeah. uh, when it's a situation like that? And mm-hmm. I, I know that they got a lot of criticism. Um, the Mazels did early on about, you know, exploiting these women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, upon more reading of the film and interviews, I think that it's it's interesting because I think the Mazels, apart from the financial thing, which I don't know enough details about, mm-hmm. um, very much loved them yeah. and thought, and really didn't think that they were exploiting because yeah. they thought they were actually very excited to share yeah. their story. And they continued to be... And there was two women editors who also mm-hmm. worked on it too and stayed in a very long conversation about mm-hmm. with them over the years. Little Edie particularly, obviously, because um, Big Edie passed away, I think, a year after the film came out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it was really clear that the women were very proud
0: yeah. of
1: mm-hmm. what they did mm-hmm. and, and the film they made. Mm-hmm. Like It was a collaborative thing for them. Yeah. And so I think it, it grew more on me the more I read about it and yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that makes it a really interesting film too yeah you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: so you're you're um, focusing on Grey Gardens in part because you're writing an essay on yeah it. so, so mediating mm-hmm. film
1: class and um, I actually found so I, for for our film exhibition curation um, our, our group went to the Berlin Alley we mm-hmm. had an opportunity to do that which was amazing yeah. we had a student accreditation and um, in the the weird thing about the Berlin Alley is there's just so many films like I don't just 400 (laughs) or something and so when you try to figure out what you're going to see and it's it's very overwhelming and I just somehow fell upon it because it was not very like it wasn't pulled out this film called That Summer and it was the footage the long lost footage 40 I guess 45 years um, that the first film before Grey Gardens was was filmed uh, the Maisels were hired by Peter Beard who was a photographer at the time or I mean he's a famous photographer and he was dating Lee Radziwell mm-hmm. and that this they originally started mm-hmm. filming because of, of this film that we, I originally mentioned and that footage had been lost and mm-hmm. now it's been returned into oh, a new mm-hmm. documentary film mm-hmm. that was shown at the Berlin Alley and I think Telluride right, and now it's oh, um, wow. coming mm-hmm. out so hopefully soon. I think it was actually at the Glasgow Film Festival too. Oh yeah. So okay. it's been hitting the festival circuits, and it'll probably come out in in um, in in a, hopefully a few months. Um, you know, mm-hmm. here's hoping. But yeah. So I thought it was so intriguing to see them before Grey Gardens, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 done with a different lens because Peter Beard was directing this, even though mm-hmm. Maisel shot some of it. Peter Beard was behind the the actual footage and then another director took the footage and then edited it mm-hmm. so I w- and then the response the Q&A response to the director at the Berlin Alley was really phenomenal and interesting um, because they said that uh, most people's impressions that was that this was the most empathetic that the mm-hmm. women had you know like take on the women mm-hmm. that they'd ever seen of all the things that had been mm-hmm. made about Grey Gardens like Broadway shows and mm-hmm. you know HBO movies, and so I I thought it was really fascinating too. But mm-hmm. I think I was just drawn to it because I'm this you know Grey Gardens fan, <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. and um, you know it's it's just very neat that it, I think the story mm-hmm. keeps living on, yeah. Like, and that's why um, I'm I'm really fascinated about kind of thinking about how um, you know how how the what it is about this film, but yeah. also maybe what it is about their the these two women yeah. that continually interest um, film fans, cinephiles mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like us. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah, definitely it was my first time seeing it, and I thought it was fantastic. I want I want to watch it again. But what do you? Th- so you mentioned earlier that um, it was six weeks with the measles that yeah, they shot. I think
1: it was six weeks. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. absolutely right, but it was a small mm-hmm. amount of time.
0: Yeah. What What do you think is the significance of the ending scene? And for those of you who haven't seen it, um, at the very end, there's kind of this big fight that we've gotten clips of, or it's kind of, um, it's the topic has come up earlier in the film. And it's basically just about Edie's missed marriage proposal mm-hmm. between some guy who's related to this family that she says is a really great family. So she should have married him. Um, but the mum doesn't want, or she claimed that the mum didn't want her to marry this guy. He was too young. He was 32 or mm-hmm. something. Why do you think the Maisels choose to, to finish the film on a really really kind of uh hysterical fight, you know, about, about Did the you past. find it hysterical? But I think I mean their voices yeah. go up like a few decibels and then they're just talking over each other, you can't yeah. understand and it seems like um little Lady is getting upset about something and you don't understand why she's so upset when it's like thirty years later. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean I could fight
1: maybe I could fight with my mom yeah. <laughs> for thirty <laughs> yeah. years over certain things yeah. <laughs> that happened to me when I was five. But um <laughs> I, I, to me, I think from what I read about it is that that was a climax of, Mm -hmm. of some like, you know, climax that they found and they Mm -hmm. just observed again. And Mm -hmm. then they thought that was a moment that was really important for the Mm -hmm. film arc. Mm -hmm. And when they found, when, once they got that, they were like, we're, we're done. We have it. (laughs) Um, but I, I think it's very revealing. Mm-hmm. There's, a, if I'm remembering, it's the right, the right scene. Is that the mom does say like, "Well, then I would be alone."
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Is
1: that, that is the scene, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: she says like, "Then you would leave me," or so. yeah, it's yeah. The same she's thing. like, "How mm-hmm. could I let
1: that person in?" Yeah, I would be alone. You yeah. know, and um, I think that to me is the most. I think that's when I, I, I feel. I constantly see the ebb and flow of of little Edie's personality through the film mm-hmm. like she's sometimes she's like flirting with the measles or she's like she likes Jerry she doesn't like Jerry mm-hmm. she likes Jerry she yeah. doesn't like Jerry she's mad at her mom she's worried about her mom she's mm-hmm. taking you know they're enjoying she's, she's talking about her mom being great yeah. as a great star she's mad about Gould you know mm-hmm. like she keeps going back and forth to being like frustrated mm-hmm. to also then dreaming up a future life yeah. and I think to me that that is that's her 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 character and she's lo- like sh- like her mom constantly goes back to her saying you could have left you yeah. could have left mm-hmm. but then she throws that little nugget in there mm-hmm. that sort of shows that she's she yes. is quite manipulative yeah and, and it might be a mm-hmm. small like moment but it's enough of a moment to keep her daughter yeah from feeling that she didn't have the control mm-hmm. she didn't feel like she was able to leave
0: mm-hmm. this
1: bubble that yeah you know, like she felt a responsibility. Yeah, and she, and she, perhaps it's a lots of reasons because of mm-hmm. her hair and because of other things. You mm-hmm. know, because of the times and yeah. her age at that time, she didn't feel that um, she could, you know, go off and marry somebody. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's a, yeah, because that that question of marriage comes up so many times yeah. in the film that it's interesting that it's it kind of the topic is like the final. Yeah, topic. and
1: it's also mm-hmm. funny because there's a lot of things like again i think i read a thing that in her in her diary when she was really young she she wrote that she didn't want to get married mm-hmm. and then in this film she obviously hadn't gotten married she had rejected some marriage proposals according to her mom mm-hmm. but she says i think that might be the same scene i can't remember but where she's like you're nothing unless you get you like you know yeah. like unless mm-hmm. you get a proposal yeah and then the mom does another snide at some point and she's like well why didn't you marry somebody that you loved like I did you know so it was Mm -hmm. like again it really brings this sense that these are two women like almost competing or being yeah it's more Mm -hmm. of a competition than Mm -hmm. it is just a relationship of a mother and a daughter it's like women have very complex relationships and Mm -hmm. Or people who live together have very complex relationships. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, it changes at any moment mm-hmm. depending on literally the hour or the yeah. day or yeah. what mood they're in. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and I mean, again, the house is so decrepit. Mm-hmm. You kind of think that they just aren't equipped to take care of each other. But those moments where you actually see them able to care for mm-hmm. each other are even more powerful um, I'm thinking in particular of just when she brings the phone to her mum on her birthday mm-hmm. to talk to, I guess, like the mother's sister or something to thank her for the cake. But just, I don't know, that that for me was like really, really strong. She's getting mm-hmm. the phone and setting her mum up. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned this a little bit earlier about kind of like the fact that this is 45 years old and it's still, we're still talking about this story. Um, what, why do you think... We like the Beasles so much. I, I worry that maybe it's just about kind of gawking at people who are way upper class, have lived these lives that a lot of people can't even fathom mm-hmm. having, um, and kind of seeing them fall. Do you think that plays a part in the attraction of the Beasles? Yeah, I
1: think mm-hmm. I, I read that. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot about growing up kind of watching reality television mm-hmm. and thinking this is way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was, I think, a show on the BBC or, or, or the, this Amer- the American Family or I don't remember. There was like there was a couple um, things that were happening around the same time where people were exploring sort of banal life, mm-hmm. like following the lives of people mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. And um, then obviously 20, 30 years later, we have like the Osbournes and we have mm-hmm. the Kardashians and we yeah. have the real world and it, yeah. it has this sort of similar way. Um, so I think there's something that connects or was something that connected with people that continues to. Um, but I think there's something also about some of the things that I said about them that they were they were part of a um, they were part of a golden era mm-hmm. of like Americans love the, um, mm-hmm. like, these golden families mm-hmm. and they were fallen characters mm-hmm. and we see a lot of rags to riches mm-hmm. and like, this is kind of riches to rags yeah. and this is literally, the big, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and a lot of times people look at some of the things like a lot of reality television where it's like not only behind the scenes, but it's also this like, Oh, let's look at them kind of in a negative light, you know, mm-hmm. like there are shows like hoarders and things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I do think there is a element of, of the grotesque about it. That's mm-hmm. that keeps people interested. Mm-hmm. But for me, I th- I think it it it's a lot about the the location, the story, and I think they're very. I get these nuggets every time I watch it of just absolute delight in the performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and um and also uh, sometimes the things that comes out of little Edie's like yeah. even even um Big Edie, they both come up with these little gems of lines that are mm-hmm. very wise, you mm-hmm. know, and you can mm-hmm. and very yeah. very sort of um thought provoking. Yeah, so yeah. I find it um I find it really interesting that it was so ahead of I think it's ahead of its time yeah. in terms of the kind of programming that is now Whether or not it's good or bad, I Mm -hmm. think it's it's programming we watch all Mm the time. Yeah, or it's on our TVs right now. You know,
0: definitely. And um, I do, I do like how you keep going back to those kind of gems that they reveal, and especially the self-awareness that they have while lying on a mattress that's like covered in cat shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just, or when, or that one scene when um, when she had the old Edie has this beautiful portrait of her done when she's very young and she has it just leaning against a wall. And a cat goes behind the portrait and just craps. And, um, and the Maisels are able to capture the cat's face like yeah. while it's in, in, using the bathroom behind and the portrait. She, and Big Yeetie says something like, well, at least she's doing what yeah, she I wants, know, you know? I know. Like, <laughs> like, someone's enjoying the, yeah. <laughs> like, the photo. What more could she want from it? So I thought that was kind of amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And they also find it really interesting, though, where the way the Maisels do pick, pick these like shots and they're, they are quite mm-hmm. just constantly going back to the cat and I'm sort of yeah. cats and I'm fascinated by that too. So mm-hmm. I think it really, as much as people call this fly on the wall sort of mm-hmm. filmmaking, there's so much more of their what they're choosing to film yeah. and how they're choosing to film it and obviously the editing process that mm-hmm. makes that a delight to watch. Yeah. Um, and And really crafted
0: yeah I do love it though when um when I read that people refer to it as a fly on the wall film because there are so many shots where you see old Edie and there's literal flies like around around her head around like the food yeah yeah liver pate yeah (laughs) yeah she has opened around her um yeah it really is it's it's quite a quite a film yeah really (laughs) really is so um yeah, are there any other things that you want to to mention about the film for a week? Uh n- not I I don't think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, well we talked perfect. about perfect, yeah I know. We've talked a bunch. Um this has just been fantastic. If you guys haven't seen Great Gardens yet, again, I really recommend it. Um it I I've also read some reviews that just mark it as a pivotal moment between documentary filmmaking because it does kind of bridge the cinema verite, but fly on the wall. Um so yeah, it's a real, it's a real kind of masterpiece for mm-hmm. sure. So thank you, Amanda, again so thank much you for, for having me. me. Good luck with your dissertation. Thanks. And I look forward to doing some Timescapes events Great. as well. Wonderful. So, yeah, See you yeah. there. Yeah.